Who knew? The Braves' biggest offseason need is catcher. It's just a rare opportunity to get a premium defensive player at a premium position. Welcome to the Braves Report, the new podcast from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution that takes you inside the clubhouse and gives you the stories behind the scores and the big trades. I'm Jay Black with our AJC Braves beat reporter Justin Toscano back from the winter meetings and Alex Anthopoulos gets one of the best players available. Turns out it's at a position that was not the Braves problem. You and I for months have discussed shortstop. We have discussed left field, maybe the rotation, the bullpen. I thought catcher was just one of those spots where they were probably set. Maybe they would trade from the surplus to get something else. And then Alex swings a trade for probably a top three, certainly a top five catcher in baseball. And we will explain all you need to know about who Sean Murphy is, what the Braves are getting. Was the price too high? What's the latest on the Dansby Swanson situation? And who's the best team in the National League East now? This is the Braves report from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. In Atlanta, one voice has stood out for over four decades. An AJC original, The Monica Pearson Show. Let's talk about how you got to ESPN. Revealing interviews. You are known as America's doctor, but I want to know who you were before that. When you have a different name, you have different color skin, it can be tough. With Atlanta's most famous faces, as you've never seen them before. I'm telling my story. This is the American dream. The Monica Pearson Show, streaming now on AJC.com. And if this is your first time listening to the podcast, uh, welcome aboard. I hope you've enjoyed our coverage so far of the offseason. And please uh, follow us on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast. And it didn't take long for William Contreras to tweet his thoughts after the trade with a bunch of broken heart emojis. And it appears a lot of Braves fans feel that way about this deal. This is the first time, I think, that an Alex Anthopoulos move hasn't totally won over Braves country. Yeah, and this was just one of the times the Braves didn't completely fleece another team. They, Sean Murphy is an elite talent, an all-around catcher who is tremendous on both sides of the chalk, and the Braves paid the price for it. That was the cost of doing business for an elite talent with multiple years of control. They gave up Contreras, uh, so they gave up one promising young catcher with five years of control left, a veteran catcher, and multiple prospects, uh, a couple of which could really end up hurting the Braves. But they see this as, you know, a way to get one of the best catchers in the game, and he has three years of control. And so it solves a situation for, you know, him being part of the core kind of now and in the future uh, because Travis Darnot is going to be, you know, in the final year of his deal upcoming uh, this next season. So, I mean, that was the cost of doing business, but, man, you, you hit the nail on the head. Uh, when we discussed these scenarios earlier in the offseason, you know, anything you could ever discuss, I knew that if they ever pulled the trigger on William Contreras, that that one was going <laughs> to hurt Braves country. He's obviously the headliner, but he does not go to Oakland. It's kind of a bizarre three-team deal here. Nine players are involved. Braves get Sean Murphy. They send Kyle Muller, their top prospect. Freddie Tarnock, their number six prospect, according to MLB.com. Manny Pena, who had been on the disabled list all last season. Robert Salinas, who ranks 18th. They all go to Oakland. And then Contreras goes to the Brewers, and so does Justin Yeager, who's a reliever. That's all what leaves the Braves. Now, part of the head-scratching probably has to come from the fact that, you know, Murphy played in Oakland, and A's baseball is kind of a wasteland at the moment. So who is Sean Murphy, Alex Anthopoulos? And is this kind of similar to the Phillies landing JT Real Muto? 
Yeah, I don't know that it's fair to do that. I mean, look, he's a good player. He's a gold glover. I think the defensive side, I mean, the gold glove speaks for itself, right? So it's uh, he can frame, he can block, he can throw. Um, you know, one of the most important things that we value quite a bit is he cares a lot about the prep and the advance. Um, and that's, you know, huge. You know, Travis excels at that. And obviously the receiving side, the framing side, Travis excels at that as well. So he's a big, strong guy. He's got great arm strength. You win a gold glove, you're a great defensive player, right? No doubt about it. So, you know, I think, you know, that was definitely the, the appeal that we were getting a strong guy. From a defensive standpoint, we we're getting a really strong player behind the plate. He's got ability with the bat. But um, there's no doubt his calling card is his glove. All right, first things first. Let's start with who the Braves got. And they got a gold glove catcher with 20 homer power. Yeah. Um, do, I actually, do I need to offer you a drink of water after you read that trade, all nine players, and then seamlessly went into the quote? You see here on this chart, uh, this guy goes here and that guy goes there. It's kind of like um, when the police get thrown off the case and they got all the red string going around in their office. It's kind of like he- that. Yeah, your bulletin board, your Braves big board right behind you has all the all the strings going <laughs> <Yes>. everywhere. <laughs> no, but Sean Murphy, look, I, I do agree with what you said going into the quote. A lot of this is because, look, like, I haven't watched a lot of Oakland Athletics baseball. Like, I haven't seen Sean Murphy a ton in person. But this is a guy, if he can give you those 18, 20 home runs, he had 17 of them in 2021, 18 of them last year, 66 RBIs this last season. This is a guy who has ability with the bat, but the defense is the calling card. He frames very well. He blocks very well. He uses his hands. His pop time uh, to second base is in the 96th percentile um, of catchers in baseball. And so those marks are really, really good. And Travis Darno is, you know, was better defensively by, than Willem Contreras, but was by no stretch kind of in that same level as Sean Murphy. Uh, and this was a very specific signing, like as Alex said. The Braves really look for very specific catchers in terms of they know what they want because of the demands of game planning, because of the demands of game calling, because of prep and everything that goes into it in that room with Sal Fasano, the catching coach um, and coordinator, and then Travis Darno and the other, you know, the other catchers, whoever's in the room. This is a guy who is good on both ends of the chalk. It's a good all-around catcher, probably, you know, one of the five best catchers in baseball. And there's a chance that, and I've seen some people mention this, so I looked into it. I do think there's a chance that he could feature some more power at Truist Park. Uh, for those of you who have been to the Oakland Coliseum, you probably know what I'm talking about. For those who haven't but have seen it on TV, you might know what I'm talking about. The place is kind of a yeah barren wasteland at certain parts of you know certain parts of the yard, and it's pitcher friendly. What you know with where it is in location, and so he might actually the home run numbers in the slug might actually look a bit better at truest park and what we have to look at is i think that could be the case just because the top end exit velocities are good his hard hit hard hit rates above average and that's pretty good um for a catcher all the numbers are there um and he does have ability with the bat uh but the defense man i mean a gold glove catcher and anytime you can acquire one of those guys that could be in contention for that year after year. It's a really special player at a premium position, and they are difficult to draft, difficult to develop, and uh, difficult to you know have on your major league team. There just aren't a lot of them, and the Braves certainly jumped at the chance to get one. His OPS at home, 712. His OPS away from Oakland, 800. And uh, Sarah Langs of MLB.com pointed out on Twitter that uh, Sean Murphy's most barrels as a catcher in 2022 
second in baseball behind JT Real Muto is pop time to second base in 2022, second in baseball behind JT Real Muto. And if we go, you know, 2020, since 2020, which was his first full season, his wins above replacement, 10 wins above replacement, trailing only JT Real Muto. That's, uh, if you're a catcher, you, you want to be somewhere close to that guy. Uh, that is, he's probably the best all-around catcher in baseball. Um, so for the Braves to have one of those guys at such an important position, like they have largely, like their catchers have been good, but they haven't had a guy like this since what, like McCann in those early years, you know, maybe they haven't had a true great all-around catcher like this to this degree who features this type of talent. They've made it work and they've targeted guys who, you know, like Travis Darno has been really good for them. William Contreras was really good for them. Tyler Flowers really good for them. They've had great catchers, but Sean Murphy is probably on a different level, and he certainly makes them better despite what they gave up. And I know that this one touched all facets of Braves country. It touched the people who love William Contreras, which is pretty much everybody, and then it touched kind of those people who love to clutch the prospects. A little more on uh, Murphy's defense from Alex. It's always hard to make trades. It's always hard to trade guys away. Um, it's just a rare opportunity to get a premium defensive player at a premium position, right? They're just, and, but it's tough. I mean, we gave up a lot of really talented guys that we really like, but you know, we look at Sean and how he fits with this core and this group. Um, it's just a really good fit. Now you combine him with Travis. Um, we just, you know, we put so much stock into that position. It's the bar is very high for us. How much of this move is necessitated by the rule changes coming up when, in theory, it's going to be easier to steal, pitch clock's going to make things go faster, and there's going to be no shifts? That's a good question, and I wish you would have asked me before the Alex Anthopoulos presser so I could have asked him. I, You know, I don't know that it's a ton, though. I mean, like, he threw out, you know, his his caught stealing percentage was good. He threw out a lot of runners last year. His pop time's really good. It's going to help, you know, and having a catcher who is great defensively and just calling games, everything like that, it's going to be a benefit with the pitch clock and then with, you know, the arm strength and stuff with bigger bases, all that stuff's going to help. But I do think that at the end of the day, this is about getting a Sean Murphy type player. Um, The Braves we're not going to stretch into their farm system this much. We're not going to stretch to make a deal. Um, And we're not going to deal one of their young players unless they were going to get a guy like this. And so I think it was more about what he brings to their core. You've got three years of a guy who looks to be a top five catcher. um, And in a lot of the stats we read, top two, top three. And you've got three more years of him. You could sign him beyond that. Um, and then he joins a core with Austin Riley, Michael Harris, Ronald Acuna, Ozzy Albies, Matt Olson, whoever's playing shortstop. I mean, this is probably just as much in it as anything about solidifying that core and giving you a guy, you know, who's really, really good at a premium position. There aren't a lot of these in baseball, and it's certainly very hard to draft and develop one, let alone acquire one. Um, and you could tell in the cost, uh, but the Braves immediately get a boost to the lineup. Braves had the best catching duo in the National League last year, so why break it up? You'd look at it on paper. We definitely didn't go into the winter thinking we need to do something behind the plate. We viewed it as a strength. We really felt confident and comfortable with Darno, Contreras, and Manny Pena with the DH spot and 
career, that was a position of strength. The issue is you can't decide when players become available. And you can sit there and say, well, we don't have a need in 23, so let's pass. But you may not have access to that player again. So ultimately, you know, this was the time to get him. Um, it seemed like he likely was going to move this offseason at some point. And then once on the weekend, all of a sudden, there was a path there with a three-way deal. You know, as much as it wasn't a need for 23, um, with the three years of control and so on and everything he brings, he was a, it's a really good player to acquire who's a good fit for our club. We are going to try to find a way to make the deal work. Are the Braves better behind the plate today than they were yesterday? Yeah. I think this is like you subtract William Contreras, but you add Sean Murphy. I, I still think you're better. William Contreras, the bat is real. They believe in it. Um, he was really good. He probably should only continue to get better. But Sean Murphy is Sean Murphy. And I think when you really go down to look at it, the wins above replacement, um, everything he offers on both sides of the plate, they're definitely better because they still have Travis Darno. Manny Pena was going to be depth, and they were still going to kind of be finding playing time for everybody using the DH spot in that. Um, but there was going to be somebody who didn't get a lot of playing time. Uh, they did have a surplus. I think they're definitely better at the catching spot. Did they need to make the move? No, absolutely not. Uh, but, I mean, I still think they're better because you subtracted one good player, but you added a player who's better. Uh, and I think right now Sean Murphy is better. Could William Contreras? Like, there's always – we had an episode on this podcast months ago where you – the trade deadline one. You ran me through Alex Anthopoulos' trades here in Atlanta. I think we agreed that he didn't get burned on any of them, and of them there was maybe still one prospect who could end up hurting the Braves of the ones they traded a couple years back and then further into his tenure. I think that there's a chance William Contreras burns you. But I think Sean Murphy's really good, and I think the Braves got better here by virtue of kind of targeting what they really value in a catcher. And it's not like this guy's just a defensive guy. He's got ability with the bat, as Alex said multiple times in his press conference. Um, and the numbers back it up. So they're definitely better. I, I think they're definitely better. And they still got to have a chance to be the best catching tandem in the National League again because Travis Darno is a really good player. And as he gets a little bit older, he's not now not going to have to do you know the lion's share of the catching. All right, coming up, we'll dig into who the Braves lost and your questions in the Ask Justin segment. That's next on the Braves Report for the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. What's so great about being a Kroger Boost member? Free delivery on the Kroger products you love and more rewards, too, like double fuel points on everything you buy. Experience a new level of membership starting as low as $59 a year with Boost by Kroger+. Plus. Learn more at Kroger.com today. The AJC's trusted veteran political voices, Greg Bluestein, Patricia Murphy, Tia Mitchell, and Bill Nygut are the essential source for Georgia politics. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution's Politically Georgia. Sign up for the newsletter, download the podcast, subscribe to the AJC. All right, don't forget that this is one of the many, many, many ways that you can connect with the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. We've got all of Justin's insightful and in-depth Braves coverage on AJC.com slash sports. We've got it in an e-paper, too, with all those beautiful photos and layouts. And, of course, we've got the Braves Report newsletter and the Bradley's Buzz newsletter. And the only way you can get all of that is if you subscribe today to the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. And we do have a special deal here for you for our podcast listeners for the holidays. 
Six months of unlimited digital access for just 99 cents. So you get all of our unprecedented sports and news, politics coverage, and living and arts and education for less than a buck for the next six months. So to do that, go to subscribe.ajc.com slash podcast. That is subscribe.ajc.com slash podcast so you always know what's really going on. And you can get William Contreras a going away present too. Uh, this is what the Braves gave up, three top 20 prospects, a third-string catcher, and an all-star. Kyle was a guy that we needed last year, and we were going to count on him to make some starts for us in the current year. Tarnock had just gotten up. You know, I don't know ultimately what his role would have ultimately been with, with us in 23, but the fact that he got up, he was certainly going to be in play. Um, you know, and obviously Contreras, you know, you're swapping him out with Sean Murphy, but you are covered at that spot. Um, you know, a guy like Salinas, we like big arm, big stuff, a lot of swing and miss, big upside. You know, he's, I know he's not a you know, big name right now, but um, we like him a lot. The talent is certainly there. Um, and obviously, Jaeger is a guy that's a reliever that we think's got a, a good shot to be to contribute. So we definitely gave up a ton, but you know we're getting a really good player back, and um, you know getting you know, acquiring guys like that is hard and it's going to be expensive. I just want to know first of all how the Brewers uh, a got into this and b got away with it. I, my my head hurts. I I don't even know if you put if you list this trade. Like, the Braves got, the Brewers got, Oakland got. You're like, oh, here's the Brewers giving up one, two people and getting William Contreras and a prospect. And I I, I can't figure that out. It's, it doesn't make, yeah, it doesn't make a, a ton of sense. Um, but they should, they should be doing laps. They should really be happy about this one. He's going to thrive there with expanded playing time. Um, and a bigger, you know, a chance to shine daily, you would think, depending how their situation goes there. Um, when we look at this, do we want to, like, project out these prospects that the Braves lost? Is that where we want to go with this first? Yeah, the, the next question is really, you know, who are they going to miss? Salinas, man. So I remember I was, doing, I was doing a random story uh, – so I was doing a random story. I won't name the player, but I was doing a random story back in May. Coincidentally, I was sitting down uh, in the Brewers Stadium. It, the roof was closed, and I was there you know, early because I had to do a phone interview. And the player I spoke to was a, a player in low A, high A, um, who was teammates with Roy Bear Salinas. And he told me about him. I didn't even ask about Salinas. I was just, you know, I asked how the season was going. And he was like, man, there's this kid here, and he's got, like, he's got big stuff. <laughs> like, he's got, he's got nasty stuff. Like, he's going to be in the bigs in a couple of years. Like, I guarantee it. Like, that sort of thing. Like, could be within a year. But he's, like, he's going to be a big shot. And so you look at the numbers, Jay. Across high A and low A in 2022, Roy Bear Salinas, 14.45 strikeouts per nine innings. That's, uh... That'll play. That'll 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 get on a team's radar. Uh, and then the year before, when he played some rookie ball, but still the year before, twenty twenty one, over fifteen strikeouts per nine innings. Uh, so this is the one that I think they could really miss. Now, he's probably you know they could. He's twenty one years old. He hasn't pitched above high A. Um, who knows what happens? There have been a ton of arms with big upside in this game who haven't turned out in anything. But I I do think he's 
destined for something good in the game. And that was, that was just, I just always remember that conversation I had back in May and this player was like sold on this guy. We weren't even, weren't even talking about him. Right? I didn't even ask, you know, who's a good story and nothing like that. It was like, he just came up out of nowhere to my recollection. Um, and there was a lot of praise for him. And I mean, this was probably, he was their 18th ranked prospect, but I think this could have been literally the best one in the deal. Like Kyle Muller is going to contribute right away for Oakland, you would think. But like, we kind of know what he is and that's not a bad thing. He can still improve and he can still grow. Um, but he probably didn't have a path to being like that number three number you know starter on the Braves or or whatever like I don't know if he was going to get that type of opportunity here to blossom into that so you know his star could rise in that way Tarnock debuted last year but nobody knew what his role would be as Alex mentioned this year I mean he might not have even had one it might have been just coming up a pitch when they needed him and sent guys down whatever it might have been um Jaeger's a reliever who yeah could contribute um but not is wasn't top 30 Salinas is the one they could miss. Uh, And that's other than Contreras. I'm not considering him a prospect. But we do have to consider this. The Matt Olson trade. The Joe Jimenez trade. You know, everything they've done, the farm system wasn't a tremendous strength. The Braves have believed they've got some talent in there, obviously. But not all farm systems are created equal, which means not all top tens are created equal. So... You know, these guys could have been a lot lower ranked on other systems. And I really think the name to watch here, if you're a Braves fan, uh, you know, who is a masochist and wants to rue the day, <laughs> is Roy Bear Salinas. But, you know, other than him and William Contreras, like, I think they're going to be fine because they could have they could afford to trade a Kyle Moeller or to trade from that pitching surplus. Um, and, you know, they're going to be fine. Do they have enough left to do something else? Oh, I mean, a week ago, I was sitting here saying that I was kind of surprised they traded Justin Henry Malloy. Uh, granted, now we kind of know why they did that. But, um, man, God, after that podcast, I was saying to you then, I was like, you know what? They could make a meaningful trade to upgrade left field. I just don't know. I mean, they have stuff to do other things. Like, yeah, they've got Owen Murphy, J.R. Ritchie, like guys are excited about, you know, that they drafted recently. Guys that would, you know, Jared Schuster's close to the majors and could contribute soon. They've certainly got guys like A.J. Smith-Shaver. Like, they've got guys they could trade. It's just a matter of how far does Alex Anthopoulos want to go to win now? Um, And with all the team-friendly deals, he's got a little more leeway in this because he's not going to – a lot of these guys he's trading away – weren't going to have immediate roles. And if they were, you can find somebody else to fill those roles because of how the Braves have set up their roster, because of all the team-friendly deals and the years of control on these guys. It's just like they've got the prospects. Like I think they've got the talent in the system. It's just a matter of how far and how high do they want to dig to give teams. Now, one more thing that came up in Monday's presser is what's going to happen at short? We're still open-minded, clearly, with that. Um, but again, we've also, we have to prepare, you know, with what we have right now and what we have currently on the roster is Orlando Arcia, Vaughn Grissom. So, um, but no one's been handed anything. Um, we're definitely not prepared to name a starting shortstop right now. There's still guys that are out there and available. So, 
Um, if the season started today with who we have on the roster, it'd be a competition between those two. And a little more on Grissom. You know, I, I think with everything, you're weighing everything against, you know, what you believe Orlando R.C. is, what you believe Vaughn is. And we'll find out, especially with Vaughn, because he's so young. And, um, you know, again, I mean, you know, Wash is going to spend time with him again in December here. And then it's got time in January. But, you know, he um, he's really got belief in him. And, you know, we can all have opinions, you know, my, myself included. But ultimately, like anything else, you, you go with your staff and the guys that are experienced. And he really, you know, especially after the first time he went out there, he called me and he raved about it. And I was surprised just because Wash isn't the type to rave. Am I reading too much into that? That didn't really sound confident Dansby's coming back. <sighs> yeah, man. See, I know we do this podcast every week, and I know that I cover – I'm a very self-aware human being who is very aware that he covers Alex Anthopoulos, somebody who can say something, and not that he lies – He's just always has things up his sleeve or think ways he sees things that, you know, could be different than the way the public saw it. But I mean, yeah, man, I just think I don't feel good about that. Like if you asked me to give you a percentage, I'd probably say like 30, 70. And the 30 would be for Dansby coming back. The 30% would be like, because I just think it makes a lot of sense. And I think it both, it makes sense for both sides. It just seems like they're, not close on money and it seems like there hasn't been a ton of progress um and i didn't hear very encouraging things from people in the industry at the winter meetings uh about dansby coming back now we can dig into that all we want and is dansby of course he's right to make more money of course this of course that but man starting from the gm meetings alex anthopoulos has been dropping a lot of hints about von grissom uh to the point where i don't know if they're hints anymore um (laughs) I think right now, like, I just think, look, like, you've got Elvis Andrus in the free agent market. You've got Jose Iglesias. Maybe there are guys available in trade. But if you're going to go with an Andrus and Iglesias and Dansby leaves, why not just go with Grissom? Why not just give the kid a shot? You've got an Orlando Arcia if things don't work out, and he's, you know, proven big league shortstop and whatnot. Are they Dansby Swanson? No, not right now. But there's a lot to be gained from seeing what you have in a young guy. And – that's what the front office is weighing. How much value do they get from Dansby versus or a combination of Arcee and Grissom? And could Grissom be that next young guy who is he going to be that August, early September version of himself? I just think, I don't think you're wrong about reading into it. I think that's, we've heard that all off season and has progressed more and more and more. And about at the winter meetings, I heard that the workouts with wash went very, very well. Um, and that the Braves are really pleased with those. And now you're, you know, you're hearing Alex saying, well, Wash, you know, he, he doesn't rave about guys, but, you know, here he is raving about this guy. I'll tell you this. It's not for nothing. And fans will say, well, it's because he's trying to get Grissom's trade stock up. I, uh, I mean, <laughs> look, we've, we've talked about it on the podcast. Willie Adamas might have been the guy, Ahmed Rosario, maybe a guy, Andres Jimenez. I don't know if Cleveland would give him up, but I'm just listing young names. But generally, teams don't give up young shortstops, even bad teams. Young shortstops who are very, very good are hard to come by. And at that, you know, if the Braves weren't going to get one of those guys, which if it didn't come in today's trade, 
we can ask the same question about would they be willing to give up what it would take? Because they already gave up Willem Contreras. So I don't know. I mean, if they do make a move and Grissom's included, then you know what they thought about Grissom. But I really think this is headed toward an Orlando Arcia, Von Grissom competition, for lack of a better term, just because we have had heard nothing to the contrary. In Ellie's temp check, since our podcast on Thursday, the Mets have upgraded their rotation. Who's the best team in the division now? Yeah. I, I think the Braves, until dethroned, have they really gotten worse? I mean, they've probably, they could, maybe you could consider an upgrade in the bullpen, depending on how you look at it. You can consider an upgraded catcher, uh, shortstop, who knows, but I think Grissom's really, really talented, and I think Arcia can play um, if given the opportunity. They need another bat, you know, another outfielder. I think you got to give it to the Braves because they still have the rotation. They still have the bullpen. Most of the positions spoken for. I think until dethroned, it's got to be the Braves. But I'll tell you this. If you would have told me, or if you tell me right now that any one of those three teams would win the division or any one of those three teams would go to the playoffs, go to the World Series, win the World Series, it's a toss-up for me. I'd believe you with any one of them. Like, all these teams have the rosters were... I think we touched on this last week. These teams, because of the reduced division slate this year, they're going to be beaten up on a lot of bad baseball teams yep. throughout the league. Uh, they're going to be beaten up on a lot of mediocre baseball teams, a lot of baseball teams who are good but not great. Uh, these are three good baseball teams in this division. All right, quick Ask Justin segment, and we'll start with Coop. We've already talked about this, but he had a good line, so we're going to say it anyway. Feels like the Brewers left their wallet at home when we were splitting the three-way check. How do you explain their part in the trade and why there's such a perceived delta in the way they contributed to what they got? <laughs> I don't know, but credit to Matt Arnold over there uh, because he's working some magic. I, I don't know how they were allowed to get away with that, but I mean, I just think it comes down to, you know, trading Oakland, that extra prospect that they wanted and, um, uh, Esteri Ruiz, if I'm not mistaken, was included in the Josh Hader deal. He was. Um, and so that was one of San Diego's prospects that they really liked. Um, he had 330 so he, with 85 stolen bases. That's not like a gomer. I mean, he had, he was eight, the, the Brewers' eighth best prospect, but, but still. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I still don't know how anybody allowed the <clears throat> Brewers to do this, but I guess it just, it speaks more on Oakland. Like, they're just willing to take that extra prospect and hopefully... <laughs> Hopefully, two or three of the 25 prospects they've gained in trades throughout the last year and a half pan out. Why didn't Oakland just say, we want Contreras too, and just leave the middleman out of it? And, I mean, it's not like they don't have enough hitters, so they'll find a spot for him. They got a catcher, but, you know, Contreras can hit. My guess, so my guess is, well, they've got Langoliers, right? And I think mm -hmm. they've got another catcher catching prospect. But my guess, and this is just complete speculation, is would they have been able to take on Contreras but still give the Braves enough value like I think the only way they could have done that is maybe take away like two of the prospects like a Salinas or a Moeller because think about it like this would the A's other than Sean Murphy would they have anybody that like the Braves would take like a, a, a great player like that with control that's ready to perform in the majors that's that's where I that's what I have it you it has to be that, right? Like, it has to be the fact that there was no way the A's could give the Braves enough value and no way the A's were going to let the Braves take, like, two prospects off the table. And that's just a complete guess. From Cade Harrington, 
How much money did this free up and Murphy extension? Question mark. Yeah, so Manny Pena was scheduled to make four point five million in twenty twenty three. Is scheduled to make four point five million, so he'll do that for Oakland. Sean Murphy, um, I use MLB trade rumors. He they project him in arbitration. This is his first year of arbitration to make three point five million. So they actually save probably should save about a million dollars, um, but who knows how the projection works? And with an extension, I mean, I think if the Braves like him after you know this year or even the middle of the year or something it's probably best for them to hop on that because jt real muto signed you know a few years ago a five-year 115 million dollar extension um but if you look at the catching market and sean murphy's good on both sides of the chalk but william Contreras just got or wilson Contreras just got um what 85 million i think it was or something it was it was less money than i thought he would get so an extension actually might be doable for the braves in the next couple of years Last one from Spicy Chicken Nugget. With Contreras being traded, what current Braves do you think Alex considers to be untouchable? Ooh, okay. That's – honestly, I thought it would be Contreras. Like, I thought it would take the right, right, right deal. And I guess this was – I think this was only the only one because it was going to add to the catcher room. Anyways, Harris – wait, let's go around the diamond. Harris, Strider, Olsen, Riley, Albies – I would think Acuna, obviously. That's too team-friendly of a contract. Um, something would have to happen there to fracture a relationship or something like that. But I think all those guys, at this point, man, I think I think Grissom because I, I know, you know, maybe it would it would in the right deal they could, but I, I don't I think he would be untouchable too at this point. Um and then Freed, uh Right. It's hard to call guys untouchable, but if you're the Braves, why would you do anything to this team? Uh, Mark Bowman did uh, bring up, though, in the press conference that um, who'd have thunk that uh, Shea Langoliers and William Contreras would neither be here uh, in 2022 at the end of the year. That That's insane. Uh, and Alex said, you just, it goes to show you, like, you never know what's going to happen or where circumstances may lie. Where, why would we have even discussed a trade for catcher or bringing in another catcher after the Braves were the a small one of a small handful of teams in like the last 30 or 40 years or whatever it was with two all-star catchers yep. like on the same team or like at the same season it uh, it's crazy but I still think they got better they gave up a lot I just don't think they're in that window where they need to like worry about that stuff because they have so much talent locked up in multiple years like I just don't think a lot of those guys aren't going to burn them just because they're going to have guys filling those roles. I think it was a really pretty sleek trade. Uh, and man, if you're looking to, you know, get in on a good deal, pay nothing, walk out, not have anybody chase you looking for, you know, something back, go to Milwaukee. I mean, I, <laughs> those those guys did, did it pretty did it pretty well and made out pretty well. Well, enjoy Billy Bats. Uh, enjoy the trumpets in, in Milwaukee, and uh, Braves fans will get to enjoy Sean Murphy. We hope you've enjoyed um, this year' podcast. If you have, or even if you haven't, uh, we will take your honest opinion. Please rate, review, follow, share, and subscribe, and uh, that'll wrap it up for our emergency Sean Murphy edition of the Braves Report. Man, last time we did this on Joe Jimenez, I said, we're going to have more of these. I can feel it. I can taste it. There was There was something coming down the pike. We didn't know it was this, but we've enjoyed doing it nonetheless, and we'll be back every single time. All right, stick around. Uh, Next time the Braves make a move, we'll have something for you here on the Braves Report.
from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. When you're looking for leading cardiac treatment, look to Northside Hospital Heart Institute. We lead with five emergency cardiac care centers, so we're here when you need us most. We lead with more than 55 locations in Georgia. That means we're always in the heart of your neighborhood. We lead with clarity, because clear direction is better when it comes to understanding every step of your treatment. Northside Hospital Heart Institute. We lead with heart. I'm Ernie Suggs, race and culture reporter for the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. And I'm Ned Ravone, lifestyle columnist. Atlanta has been known as the Black Mecca for so many years, but that means something different to everybody. It means everything to me. I've been living here for 24 years, and I am still amazed at how rich the city's Black culture continues to grow. Every day I wake up, I learn something new. Well, you all can learn something new by subscribing to the Atlanta Journal-Constitution's new newsletter called Unapologetically ATL. It's all about the people, the events, and the entertainment happening in Metro Atlanta that Black people might want to know about. Like historically Black colleges and universities. Atlanta's thriving art scene. And the city's growing neighborhoods. Wherever you live, we want to hear from you. We want to hear what issues are important to you. So subscribe today at www.ajc.com slash unapologetically ATL. Only from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Constitution.